Expounded Universe, Season 11, Episode 1. Going down to Kessel, gonna have myself a mine. The book, Jedi Search by Kevin J. Anderson. Oh god, really? The year, 1994. Chapters 1 and 2, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Seriously, John, are we actually going to have to do a Kevin J. Anderson book? I mean, apparently, we've... I mean, yeah. We've suffered through one before. Oh, we've suffered through a chapter of one before. <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh... That was at the Ranat's Tale, I think, from Star Wars Most Eisley Cantina was by him. Haven't we done another Anderson book? No, I don't think we have. I think we've we've studiously avoided Anderson books until this very moment. That's weird. I would have sworn we had done a Kevin Janderson before this. Well, well, let's keep in mind that he technically was the editor and like compiler of the Tales from Mos Eisley Cantina. Yeah. So while he contributed a single chapter to it, uh, he also edited the whole thing. So I think his name came up often throughout. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and I his guess. chapter was his chapter was. <laughs> really short I mean, it was stu- it, it was bad wasn't, it was bad it wasn't amazing it wasn't it wasn't terrible it was it was certainly not the most memorable part of that book <laughs> good but i but uh this is a this is a person and again hi i'm jeff and that's john i already mentioned his name once and this is the show that we do <laughs> where we talk about old star wars novels <laughs> this is and, it uh this is it <laughs> uh i i read these books as a kid uh I must have been around 15 years old when I read these. And even at that time, this series of books in particular, because this is the first book in a trilogy, left a very bad taste in my mouth because they had a tendency to be like, oh, you think Star Wars big? (laughs) Yeah, that was a problem. And I probably shouldn't have had it printed on dried poop. You're right. I am right. I'm always right. Yeah. Where were you when I was 14? <laughs> uh I don't know what. 11? Uh, you were you were tw- you were 11 or, and or 12 and I I assume you were in your room. I'm going to go ahead and just guess that you're probably in your just room. Go ahead and throw this out there in your room. <laughs> <laughs> Not even for being in trouble, but because you were the specific type of little wiener that never left your room. Oh yeah, I was I was definitely in my room disassembling action figures and reassembling them. Yeah, where I was either reading a, a horrible Star Wars book or having a cool sex time. Mm, mm, mm. Just kidding. I was definitely reading a cool Star Wars book. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, no, but I had. I remember having a bad taste in my mouth from this trilogy because it had, a uh, at the time, what I perceived to be a, a serious case of one-upsmanship uh, with the Star Wars trilogy in that it'd be like, oh, the Death Star? Meet the Sun Crusher. It's like the Death Star from hell and the books kind of just went on like that so as a kid uh i was a skid yeah and did anyone know you by name though no and in fact i had to trash my own house party oh why is that oh you see because nobody came john um (laughs) if i may if i may i didn't like these books as a kid and they were they were the number one thing i remembered about 
thinking the Star Wars novel series was stupid back when we decided to get into making these books Ooh. or these episodes. Nice. Obviously, we aren't making these books, but we are willing to take phone calls if uh, whatever company is currently doing that publishing wants some Star Wars novels written by us. Yeah, if if Disney is desperate for our input on the Star Wars universe, then let me tell you, I've got some ideas. Yeah, I definitely don't think your concept for the High Republic is just regular Jedi, but with slightly more white in their brown. Indeed not. My concept for the High Republic is smoking trees. <laughs> yeah, they have to combat all that, <laughs> uh, all, all that wood that they uh, have to burn every day. Indeed. Um, okay, so Kevin J. Anderson is a prolific author who did a lot of Star Wars novels, and also has been kind of a pickup writer who gets jobs um, in just about any established IP. He's basically a shotgun author. If you go out and look for him, you'll find Kevin J. Anderson X-Files books. Uh, I also know about Kevin J. Anderson Dune books. Uh, He was the person who helped uh, Frank Herbert's son, Brian, write some extremely bad Dune books that more (laughs) or less pooped on the legacy. Well, you know, apparently that's uh, that's that's Janderson's deal. That's what he does. He. He's like, hey, do you have an existing IP? I can write books in that. I can write in that voice. No problem. I can poop on that. Give it to me. <laughs> uh, I haven't read any of the other books by him that I'm aware of. I, I mean, I think I owned the X-Files book at one point that I knew of, but I have. I, it's not like I picked up a copy of the Butlerian Jihad or whatever. So I don't know how his quality level varies from one ti- uh, title to another. And I actually haven't read anything but that Renat's tale in... God, 25 years. So it might be time for a critical reevaluation. Might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so here we are, and we're going to be taking a crack at the first of his Star Wars contributions, Jedi Search, uh, which is theoretically a book about looking for Jedi, but I don't remember anything else. John, let's do this. It's theoretically about a talent show for Jedi. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. You know, they come in a universe on and... in a universe called Star Wars. They had to change the name for some reason. They couldn't just call it, you know, Star Search because exactly. people get confused. They, it'd be very confusing. Well, they're like, well, I already know where the stars are. Where's the Jedi's? <laughs> yeah, Jedi Search was like Vader's favorite show for sure. Oh, for sure. Because then he was like, oh, neat. I don't have to do any work. <laughs> yes, congratulations, uh, uh, Mara Jade. You are indeed this week's discovered Jedi. Oh, good. I'll just go and kill her then. Oh. I bet he had that that <laughs> had that studio on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure he came up with the idea for the show. <laughs> uh, every prize is a large unmarked black limousine that I am definitely not hiding in. <laughs> I like that you say hiding in. Not that he's like in there, like when you get thrown into a limousine with a mob boss, but that like you'd get in there and look around and you'd get comfortable and start having some of the free like bottled water that's in there. And then he'd like pop out of the seat like, ah, I mean, ultimately by hiding in, I mostly just mean he's the driver. And at the start of the ride, he has that privacy screen up. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you've just won Jedi Search, and you're being driven away at your brand new limousine that I guess you won. That doesn't seem very practical, but you know what? This is all very off the cuff. And so you're you're being driven away in your 
space limousine, and then you're like, wait a minute, that driver privacy screen has never come down. I want to ask him a question about like local bars or something. And he, you roll it down, and you can't Where see the, the front cool of his face kids yet. Where do drink? <laughs> yeah, you can't see the front of his face, so you're just like, oh, hi, driver. Uh, are there any good bars you know about? And he's like, no, drinking is a weakness. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, well, that's that's weird. I wouldn't have expected you to be so judgmental. And he just goes, <sighs> you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, I'm going to try oh. and put the screen back up. Oh, I didn't know it was you by the back of your helmet, so... <laughs> Well, he's got one of those little driver caps on on the on the helmet. Oh yeah, obviously. Uh, and you course. you don't want to make assumptions. <laughs> no, for as far as you're concerned, he might just have a very plasticky black mullet. Yeah, he's just I mean, got a, a real <laughs> problem with his hair, and uh, he's wearing a weird plastic helmet. Yeah, he's just shellacked his hair into place like a 1980s Liberace or something. <laughs> That's from the back of his from the back of his head. You're just like that dude's got a big haircut and he's got a hat on top of it, perched atop, perched precariously atop it. Hmm. This is stupid. Uh, the this book <laughs> opens on Han Solo. <laughs> I'm glad that we could go on for so long on the obvious throwaway star search joke. <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna have to. This book ultimately didn't divide up evenly, so we're starting with two chapters. Uh, and every other episode is going to be three. Yeah, the, uh, man, also, these two chapters are, they got a real bad case of, hey, did you know that Star Wars is a movie that existed? <laughs> this isn't the first time we've had to deal with this. Uh, a lot of these books seem to open with the introduction and thought that you might have forgotten who Han Solo is and what he is like. Yeah, I cannot understand anyone who's like, well, obviously, someone just saw this, never saw Star Wars before, but was like, Jedi Search, huh? That seems like an interesting sci-fi book. I'll pick that up. What's a who Star is, Wars? Who is Jed, and why are people telling him that they are searching? <laughs> Jed? I search. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the book opens with a uh, Han and Chewie are flying the Falcon towards Kessel, and... We start with Han being like, oh, don't forget, I'm not a criminal anymore. I know all of my natural tendencies are to be a big criminal, a Duke criminal, roguish criminal stuff, but I ain't like that, knows more, no siree, Bobsky. It's nine years later, and I'm respectable. Yeah, hey, do you remember back when I was a smuggler, and then I I did the, the Kessel Run? You remember when I did the Kessel Run? That's a thing I did. Hey, Chewy. I'm Han Solo. Chewie is short for Chewbacca. You're a Chewbacca Wookiee. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that it just spends the first, like, two pages being like, Ah, oh, yes, uh, I, I, I was a smuggler and now I'm not. I am married to, to Leia. Leia, of course, if you don't know who Leia is. <laughs> and you're like, thank you, I get it. I mean, I'm I'm going to go ahead and go to bat for my notorious enemy, Kevin Janderson, at this point, and say that I guarantee you that if he wrote the book such that it was just like Han and Chewie descended on Kessel, you know who the fuck they are, then the editor would have come down on him like a ton of bricks. Ah, ah, ah. There's no know. way that they're, they're not like, hey, man, you can't not establish Han Solo and his roguishness. You have <laughs> to give us some, have to give us a little chunk of it. I mean, I do understand at least... The bit where they have to go like, 
Uh, I'm married to Leia and we have three kids. Because if you're not picking these up in order, which that I definitely understand, then at least then you can go like, oh, I have established a timeline for when this takes place. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to go do that, but it's also another to say like, I'm Han Solo and I used to be a smuggler until I took an arrow to the knee. As if there was a freeze frame and a, mo- a uh, record scratch sound effect. Oh, yeah. Hi. You might be wondering how I ended up in the Millennium Falcon in high orbit over Kessel. Well, it all started when I took a job for an old man and a, his young twink. I had just finished shooting a random guy who was saying McClunky to me. <laughs> oh, McClunky. <laughs> yeah. Uh,. We do get a full establishment of of Han's previous history with Kessel as well, explaining how the Kessel run works and why he why it says he says parsecs because Lord knows that's a that's a mistake in the movie that needs to be explained over and over again until the end of time. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a point where nerds went, "Hey, wait a minute," and instead of being able to say, "Oh yeah, it's fine," they just you know. Lucas didn't know what the fuck a parsec was, so it's it's cool. Don't worry about it. They have to be like, no, everything has to be <laughs> true. I just kind of like the idea that Han doesn't know what the fuck a parsec is. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole like, point of that scene is he yeah. is trying to grift them. So. Yeah, he's just lying. It's better if he's just, he's like, oh, look at these two dirt yokels from a, spl- from a fucking planet they've probably never even been to real space i'm just gonna tell them some spacey bullshit and they're gonna buy a ride on my ship yeah you just say i did the kessel run in 12 parsecs and then they go mm-hmm. oh is is that fast and you're like buddy you don't even know oh this thing does 12 comets over a jupiter per milla light year whatever just get in there huh 50 bucks <laughs> same as in town I kind of prefer that to the whole, oh, no, it's because it's a course you have to plot to avoid 11 black holes, and the more black holes you go close to, the faster you'll go. So it's a it's about shaving distance units off and not shaving time off, and yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, but I'd prefer and, to... I, <laughs> and this matters because they were asking how fast the ship was, and they're like, oh, well, you have to be fast to get closer to the black holes so that you can go past them before they pull you in. Yeah, to get some kind of boost or something. But, I, I mean, I so much prefer the idea that he just kind of elbowed Chewie in the ribs and he's like, hey, look, yokels, watch this. <laughs> I mean, because I, I would affiliate or, or associate with that, just like how I used to lie to people when I was selling them wine at Trader Joe's. Yeah. I'd just be like, you don't know what the fuck wine words are. I'm going to tell you it as a pleasing finish right on your face, and you're going to buy it. <laughs> also, so, when I'm in a bar and I'm trying to pick someone up. Hey, you remember being in bars? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I had stopped going to bars for like a year before the pandemic, too. So, oh, vaguely? the pandemic, too. <laughs> Aren't we currently in the pandemic, too? I thought we were in wave two right now. <laughs> we are... I don't think wave one stopped. I think it's no, but, just, you know, still going. I mean, 
Yeah, I think there's it never actually went away or anything, but it did ebb because everything was working. And then we were like, it's not because everything's working. It's because it's not real. Hey, let's all go to fucking Florida. Oh, never mind. It's real. Wave two. (laughs) Except it never ebbed. We were always fucked. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But no, I I had pretty much I, I I'm too old and too possessive of a kid to to go to a bar at this point unless that bar serves food and it is six p.m. <laughs> unless that bar serves food and is also Dave and Buster's. Man, I haven't been to Dave and Buster's in goddamn forever. I wonder if they still have crappy broken video games. Uh I don't know. I would assume so. I've gotten emails from Dave and Buster's. And they're like, hey, do you want to c- come on back to David Buster's? And I'm like, my dude, no. Now is not the time. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for them because no one's going to go buy takeout David Buster's. <laughs> yeah, no one's oh. like, oh, that's what I wanted for dinner was David Buster's. Hell yeah, give me a $19 cheeseburger that comes with $10 worth of game chips. <laughs> I'll take that to go. <laughs> But no, I used to, I used to love Dave and Buster's for a very brief time. I, I would, I would go sober, stay sober, and then just play that big trivia game against drunk people just to clean up and buy whatever I wanted at the uh, at the ticket room. Hell yeah, that was the that was the shit. They'd be all like, "This guy's cheating and shit." I'd be like, "No, I'm just not drunk, <laughs> and I'm cheating and shit. <laughs> I'm not it's, drunk, it's... and also I have a wealth of weird, dumb trivia knowledge." It's I'm very good with trivia, and I don't drink especially much, and I really want that radio-controlled blimp. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. <laughs> so, Kessel. <laughs> so, Kessel. Kessel, uh, is, yeah, we at ahead. least find out something that I didn't know about Kessel in this, and I was like, neat. Information. And that mm-hmm. is, Kessel is... I guess too small, like it doesn't have its own atmosphere, and so they are constantly pumping it out. Yes. Like, yeah, there's a number of factories all over Kessel that just make air. Yeah, they just pump out atmosphere, and it trails behind the planet because it's just leaking out into space, so it kind of looks like a comet. Yeah. It's kind of a neat idea. I mean, ultimately, the basic mechanic of Kessel is that there's a- there's oxygen on the planet, but it's all locked up in the rocks because uh, it's too small to have its own atmosphere. Well, so yeah, when it's, they came it's down, it's what we call roxygen. Yeah, it's roxygen uh, mixed with a little bit of that that uh, nitro stone, and it's roxygen. They... Who don't be confused <laughs> is not the same person as Sora. Now, <laughs> when Axel becomes Lee. <laughs> Do you have that memorized? <laughs> Sit down. We're going to go through the entirety of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I was trying to sum that up to someone a while back. Like, how, what's the Kingdom Hearts 3 experience like? And I, and I was like, oh, it mostly is disparate voice samples of people going, eh. Uh, so if you like hearing 15 people in a row go, Sora? Mm. Eh. Uh. Oh? Mm. Uh. Ah. Ooh. Mm. I have to do this, eh. then you're going to like Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> if you basically want to have a video game experience where if you heard someone playing this from the other room, you would assume they were watching very bad porn. Well, extremely stilted go. porn. Yeah. 
Uh, 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 uh. I gotta do this. Uh, uh. It kind of sounds like porn where the voice acting had to be piped in afterwards and it was recorded via Zoom. Because <laughs> there's like the odd ADR breaks. The ADR on this porn is terrible. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I know that most porn is actually ADR'd because otherwise you'd hear the director being like, Gary, we can see your arm again. <laughs> All right. New position. Move your hair. It, and so... No. <laughs> blocking remember uh, you're blocking you went to juilliard damn it <laughs> stand in three-quarter position there's only the one part of you that matters <laughs> okay anyway um yeah kessel's like a comet it's kind of a neat comedy looking planet but what happened was when it was settled they sent in people in hazmat and spacesuits who kind of established bases on the planet and then they built rock processing factories that smash up the uh, the the rocks to release oxygen, and they don't even care if the planet develops a permanent atmosphere or not. They just pump air into the into the place so that you can barely breathe there, just barely. Because ultimately, you don't want to be in the surface of Kessel anyway. It fucking sucks. You want to be down in the mines where the spice where it also is. sucks. Yeah, it sucks down there, but for different reasons. Because there are weird spiders. Yeah, and I believe that those weird spiders are a function of this book. Oh, good. So we're going to get a chance to meet the weird spiders pretty soon here. <laughs> anyway, Han is approaching Kessel because he's been sent to make peace with the mining federation that kind of runs the place. Yeah, we get a little information about how essentially Kessel was Empire run. And then as soon as the Empire got the boot, then the miners and the prisoners that were there we're like, all right, fine, this is ours now. And then they just remained neutral throughout every book that took place until now. Yeah, uh, including some that I think took place before this, like that Kessel gets mentioned as a location in the Galaxy of Fear series, or Galaxy of Terror. Uh, but but anyway, so he's been sent as a diplomatic envoy to attempt to reopen negotiations and uh, communication with Kessel, He's not the first New Republic person who's been sent there uh, because Mara Jade had taken that assignment and was roundly rebuffed. Yeah, apparently they were like, look, we've been neutral for, you know, 10 years. We're not going to be not neutral now. We're not joining your dumb Republic. Please leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... He's flying in. He's like, well, I, obviously, I'm the next person in line to handle this because I'm a big, big shot New Republic general, blah, 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 who has three kids, all of which are Jedi. Boy, is that ever a sitcom waiting to happen, right, Chewbacca the Wookiee? Uh, but also because I have a roguish past that might lead me towards uh, or make me more amenable towards dealing with these criminals and miners that run Kessel. I was a criminal, so I understand what these criminals want. The thing I keep thinking, though, is he's been to Kessel. Like, we know that about Han. Like, that's yeah. his that's his pre-New Hope backstory, is he just got there from Kessel. He's got to know that it's a, a horrible, oppressive slave colony. Well, it was. So until I guess he's the miners that, and the prisoners took over. So basically, he's just hoping that in the past nine years since the, uh, the Battle of Endor, while no one was looking... They just went, like, all Haiti on the place? 
Yes, that is exactly what the book says. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. That, you know, essentially once the Empire was defeated, they're like, yeah, nope, it's ours. Get out. Yeah, exactly. So, um, he he's flying up, getting ready to do this, but that's when all of a sudden there's like a warning message on, on, on his ship, and he's like, oh no, Chewie, I see him too, up ahead in the distance, TIE Fighters. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of ships coming toward us, but the first one here, oh my goodness, a TIE Fighter, and another one, what are TIE Fighters doing? Oh, and it's not even like, oh, there's a group of ships coming up from there to, like, meet them? No, mm-hmm. the the ties are on a intercept course. They are coming in hot. Yeah, they're coming in hot. They're ready to kill. Uh, apparently, they do not want any outsiders, not even ones they might have recognized in the uh, previously. Yeah, I mean, apparently... I mean, I guess we'll find out in here, but I feel like... If you were a place that wanted to just sort of be left alone, you're like, we want to be neutral, we want to mine spice and get money and not worry about your dumb politics and your Sith and Jedi, you'd think attacking one of the biggest names in the Republic and trying to murder them would be a very bad way to go about doing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, specifically, the best thing that they could really do isn't just like, well, we'll just try and kill him, and that ought to solve our problem. They should just be like, hey, we don't want to talk to you. Please go away. Hey, remember when we told Mara Jade no, also you no. Yeah, exactly. Just just rebuff the advance. Oh, well, we are graciously welcoming you to our space. However, we must politely decline your offer of membership in the New Republic uh, in favor of our own independence. Please vacate our space. And we will send a, a message or envoy or whatever at a time that we deem appropriate. Uh, I mean, even if you don't, at least just be like, hey, screw. Yeah, exactly. Screw off would be just as good of a thing to say. Uh, but no, apparently it's going to be a shoot first type situation. Luckily, Han has no compunctions whatsoever about blowing up TIE fighters. Yes, or shooting first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't remember if he shoots first in this chapter or not. But in no, any event, he gets into a little Because they take fight. damage first, because they have to put someone into the uh, the cannons. So he's like, Chewie, take over. I'm going to go shoot at people. Instead of you going to shoot at people, because we've established that I'm the pilot. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. And while he's heading up to one of the cannon emplacements to take some pot shots at TIE Fighters, the ship is rocked by an attack because the TIE Fighter got close enough and has taken a few turbo laser shots. Yeah, they fuck up the butt of the ship. So now they've got to take these guys head on because if they turn around, they've got a no shield exposed booty. Yeah, exactly. Also, their sensor package got blasted off in the first shot. So obviously the the Falcon, it's tradition. The Falcon has to lo- lose its antenna or radar dish or whatever right away in every appearance it ever has. Yes. So its radar dish gets blasted off, and they have to fight from the front, which means you have to take on the uh, TIE Fighters head-on. Well, good, because that's the way Han likes it. And he blows up a couple of TIE Fighters. You know what's weird to me, though, is Uh, every time we have seen Han and the Falcon take on basically anything up until this point, like every single book, 
Han just sort of comes in and murders the shit out of a whole bunch of stuff and never cares and just does spinny tricks and no one ever lands a, a hit on him. But now it's like, ooh, two TIE fighters? Well, this'll be tough. And I'm like, what? That's <laughs> true. Two fighters is a, a two TIE fighters is a snack. Yeah. But it means a whole lot to him. <laughs> Here, brother man, have a TIE fighter. In fact, no, take two. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they, they pop a TIE fighter, and they're still chasing down the other one, and that's when both of them notice on sensors that another ship is approaching from behind. Uh, luckily, it's a friendly neighborhood X-Wing, a good yeah. guy spaceship. <laughs> I love that they were like, oh, uh, you know, like six different ships came up from the uh, planet, Two of them were TIE fighters that attacked, and then here's an X-Wing. And you're like, oh, okay, uh, I guess this X-Wing's on our side, because that's only good people can fly an X-Wing. <laughs> Let's not <laughs> even hail them. I know, that he's just like, oh, good, a, an X-Wing pilot. Someone's along to help us, exactly like I would have expected. Uh <laughs> good, an X-Wing pilot. I can trust them without even knowing who they are. I will expose my ass that has no shields to them. I'll wave my my butt in the air like I'm Big Butt Skinner, the balloon. Uh, but uh, we also have a Hornet fighter and a Z-95 or two that are out here fighting them. But when the X-Wing, which just also flew up with the other ships from the planet, appears, he's like, oh yeah, no worries. I know the difference between G.I. Joes and Cobras. That's definitely a green laser guy. Yeah. And th and then it shoots at him. Oh, goodness. Who could have seen this betrayal coming? <laughs> Hold on. I, I feel like if a bad guy got into an X-Wing, the, the body has a natural process to, like, shut that kind of thing down, right? Oh, yeah. Well, as soon as a bad guy gets into an X-Wing, uh, it gets twin ion engines and then the sides flatten out and it becomes a TIE fighter. I just love it. He's just like, what? And X it even refers to it later as the traitorous X-Wing pilot. As if now, not only do we know that that's not just some dude who managed to get an X-Wing and that's his fighter ship he's flying around, but also that he used to definitely be a rebellion dude who went traitor. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I'm like, do you also think that the people in the TIE Fighters are the Empire? Like, do you just immediately assume that only the people who were originally in these ships can have them. <laughs> yeah. No, he's got a very, very, uh, what's uh, like 10 year old worldview of how spaceships work in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised. He's not like, hold on. I'm flying a Corellian freighter. What am I even doing here? I should go haul Corellian freight. <laughs> uh, uh, he gets shot down. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he manages to take out like the Z ninety five, and then he just uh, gets a tie fighter or two blasted into the booty hole a mm -hmm. few times, and you know they're still semi capable of controlling their shit, and they're going down to the planet. They're like, all right, I guess we'll have to land on Kessel because if we try and like turn around and leave we will get blown up right obviously so so their plan is to go hide in atmosphere because 
you know, it's harder to dogfight in spaceships in atmosphere. So they feel like they're going to be at least safer. Plus, they can put down for a landing and become even harder to murder. But, oh, no, a Hornet interceptor that just slices right through Atmos after them. And they do some fancy flying and manage to, I guess, trick the Hornet into going into one of the oxygen plumes coming out of a factory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the the factory dumps out hot plumes of oxygen and byproducts on a regular basis. That's where all that air is coming from. But when it comes out, it's still all superheated and ionized, and you don't want to get in it. So he tricks this Hornet fighter into flying into it, and it basically just gets cooked in there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately uh, for them, though, the Millennium Falcon has been fucked up beyond the ability to actually land. He's like, oh, we've got cool new repulsor lifts, and we're going to have a sweet landing because I just got them repaired, and whoops-a-daisy, they don't work. Right. And if I remember correctly, I feel like we've talked about the Hornet Interceptor in a bonus content before, right, John? Have we? I don't know. I think we. I think you did an episode on the Hornet uh, at one point, uh, largely because they came up as part of a discussion about the Ten Loss Syndicate. Uh, they literally look like bees. Yeah. They are... For real, Hornet Interceptors. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, little bee wings and a stinger on them. They have the, the whole nine yards. They are little little bee spaceships. So Han cruelly cooks a cute little bee. <laughs> hey, it's a hornet. Fuck the hornets. <laughs> That's true. Hornets aren't great. I mean, at least it's still not a wasp. At least. At least there's that. And then he, uh, remember when we were all scared of killer hornets at one point this year and then realized shortly afterwards that no one's going to go out of their fucking house, so who cares? <laughs> hey, you remember how 2020 has been just a nightmare top to bottom? <laughs> what a time. Uh, anyway, yeah, they go crash landing into the planet, and that's pretty much where we have to leave the story of Han and Chewie for a future time. Indeed. That mm -hmm. exciting special fire-filled adventure will come later because now we gotta find luke skywalker and he's giving himself a, a pep talk and also talking about remember when i was in a movie yeah well he has to do the same stuff on had to do where he has to be like hey <laughs> pretty crazy that i'm here right well wait until you learn how i got here it all started on the planet Tatooine. Uh, he is in Imperial City on Coruscant. Uh, he is the he is now given himself. I don't remember if this happened to the Dark Forces comic or Dark Empire comics or what, but he has now attained the rank of Jedi Master, according to him. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Guess... He may he may be a Jedi Master because, like, he also this includes him falling to the dark side and then coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did do that in, in the comic, the uh, Dark Empire comic series, the one where the Emperor clones himself. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never read those, so I, I it's it's definitely a weak spot in my Star Wars knowledge. But apparently this is happening pretty close to when that happened. Yeah, he's pretty, like, it seems like he's pretty fresh off of the redemption arc in this one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, either that or he has very recently killed Jorus Bayoth and all the stuff that happened in the Zon books. Yeah, I don't know. We get uh, some information about Thrawn going down, like now that Thrawn is out of the picture, 
they've taken back Coruscant and, you know, things seem stable enough. Yeah, yeah. And and Thrawn going down was part of the Zaun novels. And now that I remember it, it's not that he killed Jorus Sabaoth. No, wait, he did. He took out Jorus. Mara got to take out an extra Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, Luke. Yeah, she killed Luke, which was good because she had a uh, dark force compulsion to kill a Luke Skywalker. Uh, so luckily there were Skywalker. two. <laughs> it's just not Luke. <laughs> it's called the No Luke Skywalkers Club. We're allowed to have one. <laughs> but yes he is waiting to go into the meeting that they are having because they are currently having a senate meeting and he's like oh i've gotta i've gotta be patient you know i learned patience from a little guy named yoda you see (laughs) Back on Dagobah. You're like, ah, I get it. I know. Also, you didn't. You didn't learn shit from Yoda. He was like, you need to have patience. And then you went, nah, fuck that. I'm leaving. I learned patience and compassion from a little green baby you might have met at one point. His name was Jesus. (laughs) Hey, kids, let me turn this chair around and I guess also spin my cloak. I'm the cool Uh, youth Jedi pastor. You've all been gathered today in your cafeteria assembly space to learn a big th- a big story about a little green fella named Jesus. <laughs> little known fact, uh, his full name was Yoda Jesus. <laughs> Optional comma in there. <laughs> Yoda Jesus. Oh, I guess you can do it that way too. I was just like, Yoda Jesus. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. For whatever reason, it's vitally important to Luke that he walk in like, halfway through the meeting for dramatic purposes. Oh, yeah. Well, Luke is, if nothing else, a drama queen. And he's like, I've got to go in at maximum effect. I have to have one of those entrances where everyone's like, <gasps> Yeah, no, he's like soap operating this shit. It's very important to him. Most of this chapter is taken up with him either waxing rhapsodic about the times that happened in the movies or in the Thrawn novels, or just thinking about how great it is that his sister has kids. But then mostly it's just him being like, if I walk in right when Mon Mothma starts talking the second time, everyone will be like, oh, damn, a Jedi. And I'll get bonus points, which is good because the strength of my message isn't actually all that great. So I really need to win on presentation. This is Jedi Toastmasters. I mean... (laughs) The thing is, it's basically like someone saying like, ooh, I I really don't think these two should get married, but I'm going to wait until that point where they say if anyone has any objections, because then it's going to be dramatic. I won't try and talk to them first. Yeah, I got to assume that that moment, ha- I've, I've been to what, maybe four weddings in my life and I've never, oh, and two of them I administered. So I'm, I am, I'm a significant expert on whether or not this happens. That's not even in the in the uh, in the speech routine. When I when I when I did perform the two weddings, I did it never did like. Does anyone think these two shouldn't get married? Let's get some drama going. Come on, hey, that does not anybody pop got up some in a stories? Re- eh? <laughs> We're moving into the audience participation part of this. All right, I need a suggestion from the audience. <laughs> I heard Abraham I heard Lincoln. <laughs> Okay, can I just get a location? Movie theater. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I heard movie theater. 
Yeah. Uh, I, to me, that's one of those things that only happens in movies, similar to splashing cold water on your face to kind of extra wake up. Mm-hmm. Where no one has ever done that, and no one ever actually will. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Luke's planning his big dramatic moment, and as he's watching the the whole thing go down, he's standing in the wings of the Senate, waiting to walk in and do his moment, but he's looking at Mon Mothma, and he's like, aw, Mon Mothma, she's so nice, I remember the first time I ever met her. <laughs> we <You> banged. Know, <laughs> she was explaining about how the Death Star, uh, you know, not one, but two, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Death Star 2 would work. Uh... She seems she like she's to... way nicer than she should be. Like, you know, probably shouldn't be a, a general in charge of things. It's good that she settled down into politics. <laughs> That's where ladies belong. I love the idea. He's like, she shouldn't be a general. She's too soft and nice. Anyway, in uh, in about 20 or 30 years, would anyone like to borrow this complaint to make it about Admiral Holdo? Please, please take it from me. Luke Skywalker, now way in the past. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he he has a couple moments where he, where he says some things that could be construed as misogynistic about her, but she's just like talking about how the new republic has weathered some severe storms and now it's time to start the major process of building government and blah blah blah. And that's when he walks in. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, is there any more business?" And he's like, "Hmm, I think I've got something to say." <laughs> Which I'm sure pissed off like five actual senators who were like, uh, yeah, I've got some stuff to talk about with like farming or whatever that's actually on the docket. Uh, this is all <laughs> Yeah, they're like, any new business? And like, well, you know, there has been some fires recently on my planet. I was wondering if we could get some uh, extra aid. In the- oh, no, there's a Jedi here. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. You just, you just see him come in from off screen all, shh, 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 shh. No, 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 no. Not you. A Jedi's talking. <laughs> the real people are here now uh so he's like hey everybody it's me luke skywalker uh and the first thing mon mothma says is hey yeah we would welcome the wisdom of any jedi knight who comes in here and he's just happy just smiles about it there's no point where he's like you know i recently attained the title of master it'd be great if you could call me that because i do have a phd right so (laughs) but no he's like yeah as a jedi knight sure whatever uh, there's always dangerous threats that are threatening us all the time, and that's why I want to go find more Jedi. Well, yeah. he's. Uh, but I do like, in his first thing that he says, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm the only Jedi Master. Who remains now? And it just, like, I imagine him pointedly looking at Mon Mothma like, Jedi Master. <laughs> I see her all like, ah, fine, like rolling her eyes. Ugh. Sure, I guess you have an honorary masterate, because who gave it to you, you dickhead? Uh, the reborn Palpatine, probably. I don't think that would count. That guy's a Sith. He's not a Jedi Master himself. Yeah, but he was like, oh, you, you're you so powerful. You're like a Jedi Master, but I corrupted you. And then I came back, so now, you know, basically, uh, yeah, it counts. Sure, whatever. All you have to do to become a Master is kill a Master, and he killed Joru Sabaoth. <laughs> everyone knows that it's rule one Ugh. but but anyway this gets us a uh, a little discussion that i thought has been kind of uh discharged from star wars or at least i keep hoping it will be where he's like we know that jedi powers are dynastic they go down family lines yeah look i want to find jedi 
and obviously the only people who will be Jedi are the descendants of old Jedi. Nobody new gets powers. Yeah, if you have Jedi powers, it's because your dad had Jedi powers. That's just one of the rules of space, and everyone's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm yep. Mm-hmm, yes, yep, we all know that. That does sound correct. They're, uh, and they're like, well, have you have you found any other Jedi? Mm, I have found the descendants of several Jedi that I believe may be worthy of investigation, or, or at least acceptance into Harvard. Uh, uh. And uh, then he's like, but before you say yes to this, I have a second proposal. And his second proposal is basically, I want to build a Jedi temple somewhere. Yeah. Now, when he's talking to them and he's like, you know, you're trying to build a republic here. And you remember the old republic when Jedi were cool and all over the place? Well, if you're going to make a new republic, you got to have Jedi. You just got to. It's true. He basically is making an argument like, if someone were to show up in in the signing of the Declaration of Independence, would be like, "Hey, could we also like, mm, I don't know, get some beef eaters? I feel <laughs> like I think our country needs some beef eaters. The beef eaters did a great job guarding the castle all the time. You know, I kind of want some of those for us." It's just so weird that he gets up there and is just like, "Hey, you know, there were Jedi, and then they fucked up, and then the uh, Republic fell, but." We should probably have more Jedi. <laughs> right. And I, I believe his plan to announce the temple is literally to breeze through having to have that discussion. Oh, yeah. He's like, we're going to get new Jedi. And that way you guys can have some Jedi Knights to, like, go do diplomacy and fighting and stuff for you. And one dude stands up and is like, hey, uh, quick question. So uh, uh, yeah, you we'll save fall into the dark side. <laughs> and uh, Oh, yeah your dad did and it seems like if we train some new jedi they might fall and we would be making our own enemies again and it would be mm, cyclical sort of like poetry like it rhymes right yeah that's garmbel iblis uh who i believe was introduced in the zon novels and yeah he's the one who won't let luke breeze on through uh because it feels to me it really does feel to me like luke's like hey I'd like to go get a bunch of Jedi together. Uh, and before you say no to that, I have a second thing I'd like. A house. <laughs> I think he was hoping they'd shoot down the house and then just accept the first thing is a good thing. Uh, but no, they also shoot down the other one because they're just like, hey, wait a minute. Didn't the Jedi go like wildly rogue and cause all of our problems in addition to a few of our solutions? And he's like, yes, but it won't happen again. See, because we've learned from the past. I mean... That's a, that's a great question. Here's a t-shirt. <laughs> that is almost exactly the image I had for him dealing with that question. was like, but aren't we going to just train our next series of enemies because they'll fall? And he's like, ha ha, nice question. No, it won't. Anyway. <laughs> I'm a pre-Kip Duran Luke Skywalker, so no, it'll be fine. Nothing will ever go wrong with this plan. I know. <laughs> I'm a Jedi. Why, what could go wrong? I'll even train Leia's kids. None of them could go bad. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go build a Jedi temple. But before I do, I'm going to ride this monster truck on a half pipe, <laughs> as Darth Vader would have before me, had he the means. Ugh, <laughs> uh, God damn it, Luke. <laughs> so Luke kind of brushes all that off. Um... 
And ultimately, once Garmbel Iblis is mollified, a couple of Luke's diehard supporters, namely Admiral Akbar and whatever rank Jan Dodonna has, are like, yes, hell yes, more Jedi. And well, yeah, because he's like, look, the answer is, I don't think the Republic will be safer if we don't do this. So mm-hmm. fuck it. Let's do it. Right, and that's enough for Akbar, who stands up, flippers a waving, and is like, Yes, I agree. This is definitely not a trap. Hell yes, I love it, brother. <laughs> and then Dodongo stands up and is like, I hate smoke. <laughs> I dislike smoke. I was only in New Hope. <laughs> uh, okay, you might say I'm the Mon Mothma of New Hope. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and I love he, that he, this chapter basically ends with and then they all stood up and clapped (laughs) yep pretty much he gets his big applause moment because everyone's more or less mollified about his basic plan to establish a jedi praxium and then go wander the galaxy that's presumably the thrust of this book given that it is called jedi search you'd think thing is Mm -hmm. when you start with oh han solo and chewbacca crash land after being like surprise attacked over Kessel. You'd think that would be the actual thrust of this book is like, we got to mount a rescue mission for Han and Chewie. But I guess instead it's, I got to go find someone who's pretty lucky and see if they're actually a force user. Yeah. Was that what he was doing there? I thought it was just to open up Kessel run. Is there supposed to be a super lucky person there? And he's checking to see if they use the force. No, I, I'm I saying that's remember. what Luke is doing. Ah, that's fair. Luke's not even doing luck things. He's just going to go talk to Jedi's kids. Well, no, like, he's, hey. he's like, oh, part of my plan is, one, we have droids go through the records to try and find, like, Jedi kids. But two, we also have them go through, like, news stories of anyone who seemed to be particularly lucky or charismatic. And then we'll go see if they're actually Jedi. We're going to go talk to uh, lucky people, Jedi kids, Bebe's kids, the kids in the hall, and we're going to come back with a whole pile of Jedis. I'm going to come back here with a bunch of, like, 30-year-olds that have only barely tapped into their force potential, and I'm going to teach them. Now, I know you might be thinking, but I thought you shouldn't teach people if they're too old. Even Yoda was like, you're 1920 whatever, and I shouldn't be teaching you. Why would you do this? And I'll tell you why. I'm Luke Skywalker, and I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Well, I I feel like Luke in particular is, first of all, there are no other Jedi Masters to temper his opinion in the slightest, right? He's the only one. Um, Yeah, he's like, oh, I know. I'll confer with the other Masters real quick. Oh, looks like we're all in agreement. Yeah. And keep in mind, he got Jedi training when he was like 19, and now he's training Leia when she's like 28. So his opinion for a long time has been like, it's cool to teach a teenager to be a Jedi. It's fucking fine. No more questions, okay? I know all the holocrons say not to. That's old world shit. (laughs) That's dumb garbage. You know what? We wouldn't have had a problem with Anakin killing all the younglings if there weren't any younglings, huh? 
I know. That's just what I was thinking. He was like, look, I do not want to enter into a, 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 the old system where my dad slaughtered a bunch of nine-year-olds. That was a bad scene. <laughs> now, if my dad wanted to kill people, it'd have to be a bunch of 19-year-olds, and at least they'd have a chance. And then if he killed them, you'd mostly be like, yeah, but they were kind of douchey. And who in this room hasn't at one point in their life wanted to kill a bunch of teenagers? Eh? Yeah. Akbar, hell yeah! Yeah, let's kill more teenagers! I'd like to propose a new thing for the Republic. Some sort of teenager-killing trap! Uh, oh, yeah, that's what so... we call the army. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> trenchant commentary! Well, someone just got kicked out of the army esports Twitch feed. <laughs> yes, it was the army esports team. Oh, did that happen already? Okay, good. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's pretty much where the chapters end. Uh, for future people who read along with us, this has been a two-chapter episode. All future episodes of this se- of this book are going to be three-chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything going forward. Three chapters. Three is the kind of chapter we want. <laughs> and uh, we hope you follow along and keep along with us. Otherwise, we do make bonus content for these shows. John, why don't you tell them all about that while I have a sip of this pineapple hard cider? Well, you see, what we do is we get together and... We go on Wikipedia and we find stories and people and places, things from the Star Wars universe, and we come back and share that dumb fucking garbage with you. And it gets dumber every time we look. I keep thinking we've hit rock bottom. There's yeah, no we've found the bottom way. We've been doing this every week for so long now. And, and yet, we do two every time. It's always two there are a master and an apprentice. Yet every single time we manage to show up and be like, well, I managed to find a new bottom. (laughs) So just like uh, I was a gay guy that's good at picking people up. I don't know. I found a new uh, bottom. Yeah, if I could if I could remember the name of the extra bad boy from Queer's Folk, I would be dragging him into this. But the extra bad boy. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody on Queer's Folk is a bad boy, except for the. The one that wasn't. Except for the good boys. Well, I think I don't think Hal Sparks counted as a bad boy on Queer's Folk. I, think I don't he was think Hal to... Sparks could be presented as a bad boy. <laughs> if you tried to be like, this is Hal Sparks, he's a bad boy. I'd be like, no, he's not. He's Hal Sparks. <laughs> I have this problem. Real talk, John. Real story for you now. Um, one that I don't think I've told the internet before, which is crazy because I'm running out of old stories. Uh, right after I came out, like when I was like 22, 23, and I was like, you know what I like? Dudes. I was gifted a box set of Queer as Folk uh, by someone who was moving and they needed to get rid of stuff. And I watched it and I was like, okay, great. I think I've internalized the real gay experience now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what I was missing was two and a half seasons of uh, this show that tells me that that gay dudes are more or less just money obsessed and lesbians are boring. Uh, Good. Uh, anyway, okay, I think that's, once again, that's the, the bonus content can be found at patreon.com slash system mastery. It's at the $2 level. You unlock the Star Wars stuff that comes out to about four bucks a month. And let me tell you folks, that gets you four bonus podcasts a month in addition to another two from the system mastery feed. So they're less than a dollar each. It's a good deal. It's good deals. And you help us. That's right. You keep us afloat. We've been able to uh, pay rent and live lives and raise kids this way. So thank you so much for your help. And we just try and keep it going.
hell yeah, we put in the effort and you put in a dollar and we dance for you. <laughs> That's what we're, I don't know if people knew this, but we do the whole show dancing. The whole thing and nude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always been that way, even when yeah. we were recording in the same room. Yeah, even when we did like the, uh, and you can ask anybody who's been to one of our live shows at Gen Con, that is also the case at Gen Con. Yes. Go ahead, ask ask anyone who's been to one of them. They'll confirm it. Ask anyone. Mm-hmm. Dancing naked the entire time, like we're at the end of The Witch. <laughs> Look, every single time we go to Gen Con, we're like, you know what? I want to live deliciously. I'm going to cover myself in mashed baby and dance on the stage naked. Hey, that's how we do. Yo, anybody want the taste of butter? <laughs> okay. Uh, once again, that's at, the, <laughs> that's at the $2 level, the patreon.com slash system mastery. Otherwise, God damn it. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we'll see you soon in a week with yet more expounded universe. Th- and you all, have a good one. I've been Elansley's Bagiano. And you might be wondering how I got here. Well, I love death sticks. Mm-hmm.